Welcome to the Filipino American Women Project, a podcast show that shares stories and life lessons told by individuals living or have lived in America that are of Filipino descent and identify as female. I'm your host, Jen Amos, a fellow Filipino American woman, and I'm excited for you to join us. Let's get started. All right. Hi, everyone. Jen Amos here with the Filipino American Woman Project podcast show. And as always, I have my co-host Nani Dominguez with me. Nani, welcome back to the show. Hey, everyone. We are super excited because we have another amazing lady that we are interviewing on the show today. She is a homeschool mom of three, education blogger, and a virtual assistant for female online entrepreneurs. Michelle Montiero is a second-generation Filipina-American born and raised in California. Shout out to Cali girls. (laughs) She, She was a former elementary classroom educator for several years. After leaving the brick and mortar, she continued her passion for education through homeschooling her children. In the attempt of finding Tagalog resources for her own family, Michelle created her own activities for her children and decided to share her creations along with others she found through her blog, Philam Learners. She started blogging in 2016, hoping to share her insight and educational resources with other parents, educators, and children. Her love for technology and helping other entrepreneurs also inspired her to create her own virtual assistant business in 2019. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's our absolute pleasure. Why don't we start with you sharing how did you hear about this project and why you chose to share your story with us today? Okay, so when I started blogging in 2016, I was joining a couple of blogger networks and one popped up on my radar. It was uh, called FAB Network. I think it stands for Filipina American Blogger Network. And so I joined that and met a couple of ladies on there. And I believe there was a post. I know it was so long ago, ago, (laughs) but there was a post in there saying, hey, if you guys want to share your story, there is this, was it a podcast at that time? Or it might have been, I don't even remember now, but there was a post saying, if you want to share your story, you can submit it here. And it had a link to your, is it a blog or, I'm sorry, I'm getting nervous oh. thinking about this. Oh no! Don't don't apologize. That was that was three years ago. Oh so God. it's yeah. It's it's actually really cool that you're sharing this because yeah. you know I always tell people that this project started in 2016, and not that I think anyone wouldn't believe me, but it's great to have someone else say like, oh yeah, I remember when this project started. But yeah, it was yeah. it was it was right in that face in that Facebook group, the Filipino American Blogger Network. Shout out to Elizabeth and Laura. They are really the ladies that are running the fab network and they're the ones that part of the reason why the filipino american woman project was able to get its first people to interview because i was able to post in the group and a lot of the people in that group were fairly willing to share their story because they were already bloggers you know they were already sharing their Mm -hmm. story so it just you know it was just like the natural step for them but yeah that's so cool that uh you were part of that group and you saw that that post from oh so long ago i think that was like early january of 2017 is when i think or, or probably december 2016 somewhere around there december january in that little winter time, winter time of that, that yeah. time frame. <laughs> yeah, that's so, so cool. I was so really new to blogging too at that time. So, I mean, I didn't even think about, oh no, that's too much for me, you know? Yeah. I was still learning about the blogging network. So when I saw that post, I said, oh, that's cool that they're starting this. But I personally was not ready yet for 
you know, joining up. But I thought that was a neat, neat that you're offering that to other women at the time. I'm glad that we're talking now better late than never. <laughs> yes. It's kind of cycling. It's going through. Yeah. And so I think also with me being more on Instagram now, so I'm learning more about other people and following other people. And I think it seems like we're all connecting with each other somehow. Mm-hmm. Like I'll see someone following someone else. I said, Oh, I didn't know you know that person too. And so we'll follow each other. And then we're somehow growing. It's like a web, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, oh yeah. So I also heard more about you through the Tagalog project. Her name is Clarice. I think, yes. she, did, she, did you guys interview her too already? We did. Her episode is yeah. coming out soon, actually. Awesome. Yeah. So she had mentioned and I, she had mentioned you guys and I said, oh yeah, that sounds familiar. And so <laughs> that's when my memories, my faint memories of a few years ago when it popped up on the Philippine American Blogger Network, that's when it popped up. Said, oh yeah, that's right. That's the same. That's the same people. I didn't even know it was the same. I know it's you guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have. I have to give a shout out to Nani. Uh, Nani was the one that discovered Clarice. She actually, Nani, do you want to tell tell uh, Michelle how you and Clarice met? Yeah. Well, I found her on Instagram. That's how I was introduced to her and the whole Filipino story time. So I discovered through her post about story time that she was local here in the Bay. And my best friend, who is also Mestiza, just had a baby who's nine months now. So we thought it would be a perfect opportunity to take him and get him a chance to experience some story time with other Filipino kids and play around and stuff. And yeah, we had a lot of fun. So I ended up keeping in touch with her after that and inviting her to come on the the show. And she did. And it was a, a really, really great interview. So yes, we love Clarice and plan on going back to story time again and again. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, it's so neat that she offers that. So I'm glad to see that they have that available. I mean, it's not really popular yet, but I feel like I see more story times available or even just resources. It seems like it's been growing yeah. in the past couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really uh, reassuring because I guess as a how would you identify me? I'm, I have immigrant parents and I was born American. So I guess I'm second generation, but, you know, growing up, I didn't really have something like that where there's like a a children's meetup and you share children's books that revolve around like Filipino related stories. And it's just Mm -hmm. really cool how there are people today that are are creating that type of environment for children Uh, It gives me hope that if and when I have kids, I'll have those resources for them and have them learn their heritage in that way. And hopefully, if they don't think I'm a corny mom, they'll enjoy listening to my podcast one day. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. That is if and when I have kids. Who knows? (laughs) What a great legacy you're leaving, though. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty stoked about it. It's, I, I think, like... I feel like for me, first and foremost, I'm just trying to find healing in what I guess I lacked growing up. I know that my family did, they did their part in raising me and keeping me alive and getting me through college. But now there's parts of me that I wish that I also had. And only I know that only my family wouldn't have known that. And so part of the show is to fill in that void that I felt like I needed uh, growing up and finding healing through it. So, so yeah. And if it helps anyone else, then awesome. And if, if my supposed future kids listen to it, awesome. (laughs) 
<laughs> so yeah, but anyway, uh, enough about me. <laughs> uh, I want to, um, Michelle, this show is really dedicated to uh, individuals who live or have lived in America uh, that are of Filipino descent and identify as female. And so I'd love for you to share uh, a little bit about your family background and why you identify as a Filipino American woman today. Okay, so I am the third of three children. Um, I have an older brother and older sister. And so they were both born in the Philippines. My my parents are from there as well. And they decided to come here to the United States for better opportunities. So they took my brother and sister when they're about two and three. Mm-hmm. And then there was a large gap and I was born. So I had, there's a gap of nine years after my sister. So my brother and sister are about a year apart. And then I came nine years later. So, I mean, if they came here on taller as toddlers, then I was probably born around seven years after. Mm-hmm. So I was the only one born here in the States and they were all born in the Philippines. Um, wow. And yeah. So, but when they came here, um, they also brought Lola also so that she can help take care of me and my siblings. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I learned a lot of Tagalog. Well, I, I would say most of it from her because she took care of me when my parents were at work. Yeah. And then, but with, but on the flip side, my parents also wanted us to be Americanized. Mm-hmm. So they spoke some Tagalog, but they also were trying to push more English because they didn't want us to feel left out. I guess you could say, mm. or, you know, different than the students in the school. So that's why we were not fluent in Tagalog, my siblings and I. I we knew enough to understand a lot because we heard it from them. We heard it from our Lola as well. Mm-hmm. But we also had, you know, we had both cultures of Philippines and um, American culture as well growing up. Wow. I'm curious, do you, uh, if you don't mind me asking, mm-hmm. how's your relationship like with your siblings? Do you feel like there's a cultural difference between you and them? I mean, because one, there's there's the age gap. And then two, like they were born, they migrated from the Philippines. So how is that relationship like with you and your siblings? Mm-hmm. Well, we're pretty close. Well, I don't see a really huge distinction as far as culture goes, because I think when mm-hmm. they came here, they were so young. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think they had more of the American upbringing in that sense, I guess, because they they only had a couple years on the Philippines. But you know, we picked up the similar amount of culture from our parents and our Lola and our titos and titos. Just, I would say this similarly. But yeah. with the age gap, I mean, you know what? They actually both went to the Philippines when they were in college. My oh. um, my brother and sister. So I the last time I went, I was I was when I was four years old. So wow. they probably have had more, they probably have a bit more knowledge about the culture and than I did. I do want to go back one day, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> fun, but just, yeah, just not right now. But yeah, they, they both went, I don't know why I didn't go. I, oh, never mind. My sister went, she, when she was, uh, it was like a celebration of finishing school. So she went on her own and my brother went with my dad. And then I have really severe allergies so I'm not really good with Mm. the heat and the environment so I'm really sensitive (laughs) I remember in the when I went in every picture I was scratching and I'm just yeah I'm just really sensitive when it comes to those kinds of things but I mean I do want to go regardless of that but I do want to take my kids too to see more of you know to see their their culture too yeah absolutely uh 
the mosquitoes in the Philippines love me a lot. <laughs> I I remember last time, I, the last two times I went, uh, this like second to last time, I remember our family had us like sleep in these nets, like the, you you were kind of like wrapped in a net, yeah. so that I you know the mosquitoes that. wouldn't go in. However, I remember waking up one morning and I had. I had such a swollen forehead because mosquitoes oh. got to my forehead somehow. Oh my God. And so I kind of looked like hunchback of Notre Dame. I had like just <gasps> this protruding thing coming out of my forehead. Oh, and then <laughs> it was awful. It was awful. And then the last time I went, I was, I was very diligent. I was like, I came prepared. Like I had my bug repellent. I had essential mm-hmm. oils. Like I had all the things I was so prepared and I was so proud of myself okay. because one of my friends that went uh, with us, like it, I think it was her first time in the Philippines, she got like 20, 30 mosquito bites by the end of that oh. trip. And oh I only managed to get one. I mean, it was a huge oh one. I, I really hated it, but it was like just one. And it was like in the back of my thigh. So whenever I would sit, I'd feel this. Oh, <laughs> but one bite, one big bite compared to like the 20, 30 bites my friend mm. got. I was, I was like, yes, I, I, I mastered it like to the best of my time, but it was because we, we really went to like, this was after, oh my gosh, I have to look this up again. I think it's called Hurricane Yolanda or Typhoon mm-hmm. Yolanda. I need to look this up. Give me one second. I want to make sure I reference this right. So I don't, yeah, let's see. Hurricane Yolanda around, is that around that time? You're going to, uh, oh yeah. Typhoon. Sorry. So Typhoon Haiyan also known as Typhoon Yolanda. So around that time, that was, we, we, we went traveling around that time and, and to kind of like help out, like uh, assist in like rebuilding homes and checking out the worst of checking out, like just all the places that were affected by the typhoon. But we went to really like rural places. I can't even say it right. Rural <laughs> places. I can't say where, that either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where it was really humid, you know, really humid. So obviously that would attract mosquitoes. And mm-hmm. so I was, I remember before, before every time we would get out of the van, I would just start putting, you know, putting on bug repellent and like extra bug repellent. And so I was very proud of myself, but yeah, uh, long answer, the Philippines, like, like the weather, like I can't do the weather either. I have like yeah. crazy allergies and I feel like the next time I travel, I'm going to have to be very like douchey about it. And, and like, for lack of a better term, like find those places where like there's AC and, and, you know, I have to drive with AC in the car. Like I'm going to have to be like that person the next time I go. Otherwise I'm going to have to just cover myself in mosquito bites. <laughs> I'm not mosquito bites, but cover myself in like, okay, well, then you're, giving me, you're giving me lots of good tips for when I go. <laughs> yes. Yes. You need bugger palette. Okay. Like no matter no matter what I'm anyone says, you need to order some on Amazon right now. <laughs> yeah. You also, also just a tip. Are you going like, soon? I'm going in January. So it's, it's oh. not soon. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. At least it's in the winter time. It's not, it's you, I think you'll be okay. And especially if you're going to be in the, in the, you know, metropolitan areas, like in Manila, Manila, I think you'll be fine. But I also hear that garlic is like, you know how like supposedly with vampires like when you wear garlic they don't bite you so like supposedly mosquitoes are the same thing so if you like eat a lot of garlic or take like garlic supplements while you're there uh-huh. I think that should help as well so just Ooh, some, some more tips for you. good good yeah <laughs> you can you. like yeah. <laughs> yeah roast roast some garlic just have like a bag of garlic snacks as you go <laughs> just like rub it all over myself <laughs> yeah rub it over garlic. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Just apologize to your friends in advance if like your breath smells like garlic. But <laughs> yeah, because I'm totally that person that's like, oh my God, bugs. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, no shame in that, you know, because because at the end of the day, like even if you come off as that person, at least you're protected and yeah. you won't you won't be that friend that is like irritated all the time because they have like 20, 30 mosquito bites on them and they were not prepared. Exactly. You know, you can, you can laugh at them. Um, yeah. So mosquitoes. Yes. So if anyone is listening to the show and you have any more tips for us in terms of how to repel mosquitoes, <laughs> please, please let us know. You can DM us on Instagram or you can email us. If you have an article about it or something, we'd love to, we'd love to have it. Send it over. <laughs> yeah. Need, Just, I need all the tips. <laughs> yeah. Especially Nani because she's, she's traveling to the Philippines in January and we want to protect her. We want to make sure that her, your first experience, right? This will be your first time going to the Philippines. It will. Yes. Yes. So, so listeners help her out, help out Nani. We want to make sure this is a great experience for her in the Philippines. <laughs> yeah. All right. So enough about mosquitoes. Let's go ahead and fast forward to today, Michelle. And where you are in life right now, for people who are getting to know you for the first time, why don't you share what kind of like a snapshot of your life looks like? And more importantly, what keeps you busy and excited nowadays? Okay, so I you know in the bio, you had mentioned that I'm a homeschool mom. So that is a top priority for me now. I have three little children. They are nine, seven and three. My three year old's going to be four soon. But I started homeschooling them when my eldest was in TK, so transitional kindergarten, and she's just starting fourth grade, so fourth grader, second grader, and uh, well, not quite preschooler yet, but mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's, he joins along too. I also am a blogger, a film learner since 2016. I actually went through a couple other blogs too, um, trying to find my my niche. Mm. Um, I started off as a homeschool blogger, and then I decided to go the route of of going towards Filipino, American Filipino resources, just because at that time I was looking for resources for myself and for my kids. And because I didn't see a lot, I just said, okay, I'm going to start making stuff. Mm. And then I said, you know what, I can share this on the blog too, since there's not a lot out there. And so it it somehow shifted uh, towards that direction. And I haven't turned back since. I really like that. And it's just grown since then for the past few years. So that been my passion project on the side. All right, Jen Amos here, jumping into the middle of our show, as I always do, to remind you why this show is possible. So, you know at the end of every episode, I tend to say, if you didn't catch our guest contact info, don't worry, we'll have those in the show notes. Check them out. I work so hard on them. You're welcome. Well, it's been brought to my attention that our show notes are not as easy to find as I thought, which is why starting summer 2020, The Filipino American Woman Project is proud to be partnering with Captivate, the world's only growth-oriented podcast host. Captivate is created for independent podcasters, designed from day one to help you to focus on audience growth and the expansion of your audio influence. One way that Captivate makes our lives easier as independent podcasters is by taking the guesswork out of making a website for your show. That's right, a website for your show. So listeners, starting summer 2020, Finding our show notes will be so much easier. All thanks to Captivate. You're welcome, as always. If you're about to start podcasting or are getting burnt out from all the extra work of producing one, like building a website, consider a seven-day free trial, that's right, free, 
with Captivate by visiting thephilamwoman.com. That's the Philam, short for Filipino American Woman.com. Or, you know, check out our show notes in the meantime, which is in the details section of each episode. Once again, you can visit thephilamwoman.com or visit the details section of this episode. And then this past year, I learned about virtual assistants, and uh, I think it just popped up on my Facebook. You know how when you click on something and then all of a sudden things pop up on your Facebook feed just because you clicked on something in a website? <laughs> yeah. Yes, so, yes. Yeah, I was looking for work from home jobs you know, uh, early on in 2019, and then so I learned about how to start your own virtual assistant business. I said, you know what, I can do that too because I'm pretty tech savvy. I've, I've learned a lot through blogging and and so I said, yeah, I'm going to go for this. I can work from home. And so, you know, that that sprung up. So I've been juggling a lot of different things. My husband just thinks, oh, my gosh, I'm tired just hearing all the things that you're trying to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> I am a person who just gets distracted by shiny object syndrome. Have you heard of that? Yes, yes. Yeah, so, yeah that's and I my told husband. him it's a thing. I told him it's not just me because he thinks it's, sometimes he thinks it's just me. But I said, there's people out there doing the same thing. And so, but yes, uh, this year I'm really trying to focus and narrow it down because I was trying to pick up so many other things. But yeah, but those are my three main facets that I'm working on, just juggling those throughout the day. And of course, taking care of the kids and, and our household. And every day is pretty much different. I try to block out time for the different parts of my life. So, you know, I'll have a block of time during the day to homeschool and and then I'll take a break so that they'll have some free time. And then that next block might be working for my clients for my virtual assistant business. And then the blog for them learners, it's more of when I find time, it's not it's more of like a every week or you know, a couple times a month kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I used to be really more involved in it. I, I feel like I go through different seasons. So when I wasn't, when I didn't start my virtual assistant business, I had more time for film learners. So I was devoting a lot more time to that. So it's kind of, it takes, you know, it, it takes turns between them, but homeschooling is my constant. But yeah, I've really been enjoying it. I've been growing so much too from all the different things. And there's moments where I think, oh my gosh, what am I doing? I, you know, I want, there are moments where I thought maybe I should give up one, but then you know, I even made lists, what's the pros of this, what's the cons of this, and because I would go to bed feeling so exhausted, but then I think it's because I was picking up so many other things too, so then I had to just stop and reflect, okay, is this something that's bringing me closer to my goal, is this something I'm passionate about, and I would hear uh, really inspiring other podcasts too that were geared towards business. Actually, you know, have you talked to or do you follow Anna Marie from Entrepreneurship? Yes, she was one of the first people we interviewed on the show, actually. I love her. Yeah. So wonderful. Yeah. So I had a chat with her one time and I because I wanted to ask for some advice. And so yeah, she was helping me narrow down, narrow down my passions just because I felt like I was trying or not trying, I was doing too much (laughs) for my and not leaving enough room for taking care of me and self-care. So yeah, it was really helpful talking to her and just meeting other entrepreneurs online and networking. And my, we have a, I have a couple of VA uh, Facebook groups that I'm a part of. And so, you know, people are just bouncing off ideas, how do they manage their daily life and how do they juggle motherhood if they are also parents as mm-hmm. well. 
but yeah, I think I'm doing okay so far. <laughs> and even with the kids too, since we homeschool, every year we sign up for lots of also extracurricular classes as well. And I get excited for those classes too, in addition to my kids. Say, oh my gosh, archery, this looks awesome. Let's try, you know, this dance class. And so <laughs> I feel like last year I really stuffed our schedule. And so just because we get so excited to try new things, and it's not a bad thing, but then I think this year I'm really trying to follow just, okay, let's stick with just a few things that we really, really want to do. And then next year, I want to try something different and we'll swap it out instead of trying to do everything. I saw a meme on Facebook. It was a cartoon of Dory, you know, from Finding Nemo. Yeah. Yeah. So if you can picture her just, oh, look at this. Oh, look at this. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, I, I, I told the kids about it. I actually showed the picture. I said, okay, make sure mama is not going to be Dory this year. Okay. <laughs> for homeschool and for work. And so, yeah, it even happened. They caught me um, a couple weeks ago. I said, hey, look, kids, there's this new class coming up. I don't even remember now what it was because it was just out of the blue. And, and I said, look, at this doesn't look like a really neat class. And then they said, mommy. They said, remember Dory? And I said, oh, yeah, 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 you're right. <laughs> we have our classes slate for this year. No more. Okay, we're done. Thank you for reminding me, kiddos. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's yeah. so, funny. so my husband, he's a lot like that as well. And the way you yeah. describe... Dory, I say we, I describe them as squirrels. I'm like, honey, you're chasing squirrels. Like that's another oh. squirrel. Like, cause he's like, he has a personality of a dog sometimes. Like he's just like, oh, yeah. you know, single minded. He's like, oh, ooh, 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 shiny thing. It's from, up? yeah, yeah. It's from up. So that's, that's yeah. where I'm like referencing to. And all dogs are like, you know, we say squirrel. And then the dog's just like, look up, <laughs> like look to the side. Yeah. And it's funny. Cause like, he actually doesn't get that reference. He doesn't watch like, oh. Pixar or anything animated, but we have a dog that like loves chasing squirrels or, you know, it's just, it's just like funny how I referenced it from that movie, even though he doesn't, he's never watched it. But now when he does a lot of things, sometimes he'll try to defend himself. He's like, I'm not, this is not another squirrel. It's not another squirrel. <laughs> like, okay, if you say so. Well, I have a couple of things uh, that I wanted to add to the things that you were saying. One thing that you have just shared that I think is very common amongst uh, Filipino American women is that with your blog, you know, we all know that in general, Filipinos are very adaptive, mm -hmm. you know, wherever you get placed, right? But I also think that people of Filipino descent are also innovative because since you couldn't find what you were looking for, you were trying to find a resource to provide these activities for your children to learn about their culture, you decided to create it yourself. And so mm -hmm. I just wanted to acknowledge that and applaud you for filling in that void for yourself. And I feel like that's what a lot of us are doing. Shout out to uh, Anna Marie Cruz with entrepreneurship. I feel like we bring her up every episode. So <laughs> like, <laughs> she free powerhouse, yeah. yeah, free advertising for you, Anna. Shout out to you again. <laughs> She's like, I get it, Jen. You love me. <laughs> yes, I do. I do. Like we like followed each other for a couple years, actually. Like if you listen to our, our episode, we talk about how we were like into stalking each other for some time. And, and then eventually we did meet in person and oh, you know, cool. she's amazing. And one of my goals to attend one of her retreats. I was planning on going to the one in Toronto that's coming up, but mm. oh, yeah. I, have a, I have another conference to go to. So anyway, that's kind of my thought about you creating your blog. And I, I love that you 
found this void and you wanted to fill it. And I just think it's, it's super awesome. The second thing is, I think it's also ex- like really awesome that you have started a virtual assistant business. Actually, shout out to Patricia. She's my virtual assistant. She's going to be editing this episode. So Patricia, if you hear this, <laughs> uh, shout out to you. She's actually in the Philippines and she's a, she's also a, a mother. And part of why she uh, wanted to work with me is because she would commute Uh, And Patricia, you can like message me later and tell me if I was wrong, but she would commute like an an hour back and forth every day to work uh, to take a telemarketing job. And so when she heard about an opportunity to work from home, she like quit her job. And fortunately, our relationship worked out because she works with me full time now. And she has been a real help. And it also just feels I feel good knowing that, oh, I get to support a mother who can stay at home with her son and take care of her family the way that, you know, she wants to and still earn a living. And so I feel like you're the first Filipino American, like virtual assistant business I know, because most of the ones that I've connected with are in the Philippines and I'm a big supporter of supporting virtual assistants. So I just think that's so cool Mm -hmm. that, that you do that and shout out to you and (laughs) kudos to you (laughs) Thank you. creating your business. And the last thing I want to add is just about the whole like squirrel, you know, inspiration, like how you're constantly like being like Dory. I think there's something beautiful about that. Like we need, we need people like you in this world because you create opportunities for other people. You know, when you, when you find something new and exciting, you uplift the people around you and get them excited for that. Like my husband is, is a lot like that. He's always about like chasing these new ideas and he may not always implement it, but he creates those opportunities for other people to create it. I just, I don't think what you're doing is a bad thing. Sometimes you have to go through all of that. You know, you have to juggle all these things because it's what gets you through the day. It gets you motivated and excited for life. Like even if you don't end up like, finishing it, it doesn't matter. It's not about finishing it. It's about the excitement of doing something new. And I think anyone can like debate on that, but I think it's, there's beauty in that, <laughs> you know, and I just wanted to say that. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for putting a positive twist on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm beating yeah. myself up for it, but yeah, yeah, I really like the way you, you put it in that, in that framework. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've had a lot of projects in the past that just failed. And and I, I actually thought the Filipino American Woman Project was going to be one of them because I went on a year long hiatus, like in 2018. And there was other projects that didn't come up to the surface, but sometimes it's not about focusing on if you'll complete things. It's about like focusing on what inspires you and, and who knows, you know, it's, it's like a garden, like you, you water your favorite plants and you see which ones end up thriving. And then you pay more attention to that. But anyway, I'm, I'm doing my best to defend you. <laughs> for, <laughs> for and I hope I've accomplished that. <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> yeah. You guys, I'm a little embarrassed that I've been completely ignorant to this whole virtual assistant business world. I've been an executive assistant for the past 10 years, basically my whole professional career. So obviously that's something that I should be very <laughs> knowledgeable about and into, but I'm not. So I would love to hear more about how you got into that and how it runs and how it works. Okay. So and Jen, well, I didn't know that you had one either. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Hi, Patricia. She's going to edit this. <laughs> <laughs> they also have virtual executive assistants. Do you do yours virtually or I guess brick and mortar? Yeah, I have like a, a regular, like traditional nine to five job. So <laughs> I'd definitely yeah. be interested in, in virtual opportunities. Yeah. 
I've heard of so many opportunities. They're always looking for virtual executive assistants. So mm. I can message you later. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. Well, I know that there are blogs out there. There are courses out there on virtual assistants. That's how I got into it too. So I've joined several different Facebook groups I can share with you as well. But yeah, I mean, it's so broad. When someone asks, what do you do? You know, it really just depends because there's so many different tasks you can do online, right? I mean, you can you can help organize the processes of a business. You can manage their online stores. You can do transcription, um, podcast editing, right? Data entry. I mean, you name it, video editing. Anything you could do virtually is pretty much it. Or social media, ma- managing someone's social media, creating graphics for them. It just really depends. I think that's what's beautiful about it is because you can bring in your strengths and also what you're passionate about too. You don't have to just do a certain type of skill. And then you can also be very broad in general and just say, yeah, I could do all these different things and show what you offer. Or you can be an expert in one field and just say, yes, I'm going to focus only on Facebook ads and you'll be the Facebook ad expert and other businesses can connect with you that way. So it's been really good so far. I think one of the hard things about it, and it's not even just having a virtual assistant business, but just being a business owner is just the marketing piece. I think that's one of the hardest parts, I think, for me, just because I'm an introvert by nature. And so going out there, even just announcing that I was a blogger to begin with, I've had my blog for Gosh, three years, right? And I barely told people, like, I mean, you know, outside of my, my really close circle, I barely told people this this year, even my virtual assistant business. I, I think just pressing publish on a post, oh, okay, I started my business. I, I, was, <laughs> I don't know why my heart was beating so fast. And <laughs> this isn't, why is it so scary? But I think just it's because you're putting yourself out there. And you're not sure what are they going to think, but then it comes down to, you know, are you happy for what you're doing mm-hmm. and who cares what they think? I have to switch my mindset because I think I'm always thinking about what do they think and what are they going to say? Are they going to judge me? Or, you know, and it's just things that, you know, I didn't think I was going to go down this route. So I told you in my bio that I was a former classroom teacher. So mm-hmm. to go from classroom teacher to where I am now is very different path, right? So yeah. <laughs> I think just. Yeah, I mean, I never thought it was going to be this way, but, you know, life has led me down this path and it's totally fine. I think just being out there on social media is scary just because you don't know what people are going to say. And some people can be pretty mean, too, (laughs) where you wonder, wow, you had the time, you made time out of your day just to put that comment on someone else's post. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's what I think, too, when I read those comments. Yeah. And I love that you brought up the fact I guess the reality that this is an opportunity where you can really kind of mix both your strengths and your passion. I think that a lot of people, at least in my case, sometimes feel like whatever you choose as your nine to five is supposed to be what you're chasing your dreams and doing something that you're passionate about. But for someone like me who didn't necessarily know what they wanted to do or what I was passionate about that I would want to spend Uh, every day nine to five doing that was also going to pay the bills just Mm -hmm. kind of once you get into a certain routine in life it's hard to break out of that and start a new path and for me my blog also for me was I went through several iterations with it until I kind of found a niche of what I wanted to focus on as well like you had said in the beginning and now in finding this podcast and doing these interviews I'm considering this 
as well as my blog, more of my passion project. And now I don't feel so unsettled and restless in my day job. So mm -hmm. I love that you're creating those opportunities for people. Oh, and I'm glad you're, I, I'm glad this show makes you feel less restless, Nani. It means a lot. <laughs> I like hearing that. Does. <laughs> it gives you something to look forward to. I would highly, highly recommend, uh, I like how this has become like a career, like meeting now for Nani, but I, I, would, I would highly recommend that you look into virtual assistants, Nani, because, you know, at least from my experience, having worked with virtual assistants, virtual assistants don't have to be client facing for the most part, very much behind the scenes, kind of like being a ghost writer. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of entrepreneurs, there's a lot of people out there who love being in the forefront, uh, kind of like my husband. He's, we, always, we always call him the dog and pony show because he's the one doing the speaking engagements and getting featured in things and doing interviews. But he has people such as myself that work behind the scenes and mm -hmm. you know, don't meet with a lot of people, but our roles are just as important, um, if not more important. I like to say that I'm the puppeteer sometimes because yeah. if it wasn't for me, <laughs> but it's yeah. just run about and <laughs> and um do what he does but no highly highly recommend it and i uh, i commend anyone who runs a, a virtual assistant uh, business because it's yeah you really get to dictate your hours with it of course you need to find your own clientele and stuff like that but there's a lot of resources and i'm i'm more than happy to share that with you as well nani in my experience of how i found uh, virtual assistants and and stuff like that so so you have a lot of you have people here to <laughs> to help you <laughs> And yeah, I life. feel embarrassed that I've been excluded from this world for so wow. long. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really boosting this year. It's, there's, I think it's growing a lot. Well, at least from my, I mean, or maybe it's because I started just networking more, but <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm just seeing it more now too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't I be embarrassed though. Work in general is is becoming so popular. Even in my day job, in my regular job, I do most of my work remotely. You know, I'm always traveling. We have. A million different offices and I'm traveling to and from all of those on a regular basis so and then I work from home kind of whenever I want to so it doesn't really make sense seems like that's the way that the world is moving in all together so I, I like it you think of all the scary things that's happening nowadays or at least that media tends to blow up on yeah you kind of mm -hmm. don't want to leave the house and yeah. and also with like traffic and just like places that are just really high in terms of like expensive real estate, like people want to live in cheaper places and they don't want to commute as far. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of people are very unhappy at their jobs. And a lot of people who have full-time jobs who quote unquote have it all are, are still looking at the other side, wondering what life would be like if they were able to dictate their schedule. And so I think we've kind of, you know, we've, we've well beyond past the industrial revolution where it's not just about getting a nine to five job anymore. Um, of course it's, it's still there, obviously, you know, it, it's still good. It pay, you know, pays the bills, but there are, I do believe there are more options today and more people are doing it today than ever before when it used to be that way before the industrial revolution, when you did have the bakers and the Smiths and family businesses that used to be a thing before you know, America like blew up with the railroads. And I can't believe I'm sharing this right now. I totally, this is totally my husband, <laughs> husband's influence on me. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, we're back in that era where you could start your own business again. I mean, my husband and I work completely from home as well. I mean, except if we have to show up to conferences and stuff like that, it's not easy. You know, it's, it's, it's definitely not a sexy life. I, I don't think I've washed my hair in the last couple of days because I haven't had to see anyone. So, but yeah, exactly. You yeah, can work not, in your pajamas and no one will know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, um, it is a big sacrifice. So, you know, I'm not trying to romanticize it in any way. Like it's, it's a lot of work to do it. And you, like, I think Michelle, you're very fortunate to have, you know, a spouse support you while you're, you know, while you're doing this and, and you get to like explore, like what makes, what excites you and stuff like that. Like it's, it's nice to have that support. Yes, definitely. So but anyway, really highly, highly recommend you look into it. And for our listeners as well, if you are a virtual assistant or are working virtually, uh, we'd love to hear from you and your experience. And who knows, maybe you'll inspire Nani to <laughs> look more into this uh, type of lifestyle because it's, it's not a bad one. It takes a lot of work, but it's for the lifestyle you get out of it. I, I think it's completely worth it. So yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you for all of that. Yeah. Also, I, I uh, love Michelle that you said you're an introvert because I know I don't sound like it, but I'm an introvert as well. Oh, <laughs> okay. This is part of why I love podcasting and I love social media because I think in general, like with extroverts, they like to, uh, what is it? Introverts like to, in general, think before they speak and mm-hmm. extroverts like to think out loud you know they just kind of just blah like just say whatever's yeah. on their mind and, and i think the internet uh, is really a place for introverts to thrive because yeah. you can take your time yeah. articulating yourself and you can edit things before you put it out mm-hmm. there and even when you do put it out there you can you can take it down you know and you can revise it and i think have you heard of that book it's called um it's just called quiet uh, she also has a TED talk. It was a really, really awesome TED talk. She's been featured in a million things. But this book gets into the scientific study of introverts and how how they're such a necessity for our society and how we need to make more space for them. Like, for example, introverts don't thrive well in in like an open, what do you call those? Like open offices where like... Mm you know, you kind of like you're sitting next to someone and there's no privacy, like they don't, you know, introverts don't thrive in that kind of space. Anyway, really good book, highly recommend it for anyone that is an introvert. And I just, um, from one introvert to another, I think you're awesome. (laughs) Thank you. I know I feel like I'm more outgoing online, but yeah, it's just exactly what you said is because you can edit yourself. You can think about it first before you actually submit your response. You know, you're not just out open. I get some anxiety when you know, in a group scenario and you're, they're, you know, they're having open discussion and then I feel like I'm retreating because I need time to just think and process. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 My husband and our roommate, they like to do things together. So they're, they're like, they're both veterans and, you know, in the military, they, they're so used to like working in a unit and stuff like that. Right. So when they want to work, their idea of working is like being in the same room together and brainstorming, being in the same room together. And it's just so like, I, I, I could only stand so much of it. <laughs> like <laughs> when I, when I am with them and we are brainstorming, I've, and when I do feel like I'm stuck and I need to think, I've learned to just literally say it. I, I would say to them, guys, give me a minute. I'm thinking like, I have to say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I was like, okay. give me a minute, stop talking. But before I would just kind of like, just kind of shrink and make my way back to my 
office and <laughs> like maybe get back to them with my thoughts later. But, you know, it's very often that like introverts opinions don't get acknowledged as much because the extroverts opinions tend to be a lot louder and they tend to, you know, respond quicker. But if you read the book quiet, that's not always effective and their answers, extroverts answers are not always right. So just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we talked about mosquitoes. We talked about, we talked about virtual assistants. Last part of the interview. All right. So my favorite part, my most favorite part of the interview is sharing a life lesson and story told by a Filipino American woman. And so uh, Michelle, for your story, you or for your life lesson, you have shared with us that communication is such a powerful tool to not hold onto your emotions when it comes to resolving problems with people who are close to you. And sometimes we are asked to remain silent out of respect, but it may mm -hmm. be hurting our own emotional well-being. So Michelle, I'd love for you to elaborate on that and share maybe what aspect of your life uh, led you to that life lesson. Okay, so I've been telling my kids, communicate, communicate, communicate all the time. <laughs> I grew up where uh, there's a hierarchy of respect, right? So mm. for your elders, you need to respect them by staying quiet, not talking back. And I understand, you know, obviously, um, you don't want to say anything rude back to anybody, right? Mm -hmm. But in, in the end, it, the elders always had the final say. So you kind of just had to take it, kind of say even just anything, even if it wasn't a rude word that you're saying back to them necessarily, just the fact that you've made the effort to, I say, argue, maybe not argue back, but to kind of negate what they were saying, automatically they get upset and you're not supposed to talk back, right? Mm -hmm. So I grew up trying to stay quiet, holding everything in. And I mean, I don't want to put down that parenting style as well, because I know that's just how they were raised as well, other values, but it's just not something that I necessarily agree and want to implement. So I, I don't want this aspect of the lesson of be you're not supposed to be doing that to me. You know, I don't want, I, I don't want them to think that mm -hmm. I am saying you parented me in a bad way. And, you know, you scarred me for life or anything like that because they really loved us and they did everything they could to support us. And same thing with um, my Lola and my Lolo too. I think part of the Filipino culture is respect for elders, like how they say mm -hmm. po at the end of sentences they also have the act of uh, mano where um, you uh, bless. Have you heard of that with the hand? And mm -hmm. um, yeah, so manapo, yeah. So they have different traditions uh, to do things like that, to not say anything rude back to them or not to speak back to them, which I understand. I Having my own kids too, I want them to respect me as well. But I also do want them to have a voice. So I don't want them to see me as someone who whatever I say you must do. I don't want to portray that type of relationship with them. Mm -hmm. And so I want them to know that you are welcome to express your thoughts. I mean, obviously there is no name calling or you can't be disrespectful either, but I don't want them to think I'm disrespectful. I, I feel like it's an equal, what's the word? I want us to have equal say in our communication. I want it to be more open. Of course, there are, there are things where that my husband and I, if we tell them something, if it involves anything with safety or health, there are things where 
there's non-negotiables, but I also want them to be able to ask why, you know, to, to communicate things like that. Or if, if we're upset, we're re- I'm really trying to break out of the whole silent treatment because mm. I grew up with that as well, where if someone was upset, they kind of just held it in. They weren't able to express it very freely because we felt uncomfortable doing so. People would just kind of held on to their feelings. I don't know if it was a sense of pride or we're not supposed to say it because they they thought it was going to be disrespectful to. So we just kind of, you know, I would just go off to the quarter and just, you know, have all those emotions and I didn't know what to do with it either. And so I just mm-hmm. went um, as a teenager and as a young adult, I said, okay, I'm not going to do this to my own kids one day, you know, because they said this is just too much emotion to hold in. And I, I you know, I wanted something different. So I didn't want uh, us to have that type of relationship either where they didn't feel like they can open up to me but they can because I feel like when you don't have that open communication then they might tend to hide something so I don't want them to feel like they have to hide something from me yeah and I just want to say I think based on what I know about Jen and what I've heard you say so far I think that we can all attest to that personally in Mm -hmm. how we grew up in in our households not being able to a communicate b express ourselves and even now as adults well at least for me I still don't feel like even all this work that I'm doing on myself I try to extend obviously to my family and it's just the way it's just not reciprocated even 20 years later or however many years later we still as a family collaboratively deal with things the same way which is sweep it under the rug don't talk about it eventually act like it never happened (laughs) Mm -hmm. yes Um, and and I also hate that I feel like that's created so much internal struggle for me personally and it's also spilled out into the way that I operate in my own relationships in my own life outside of my family as an adult and that's that's really hard to backtrack from and it's really hard to learn how to open up that way if you know you were never shown that and it's commendable that you are trying so hard to do the opposite with your kids and it's it's amazing that you've created this whole blog and the whole Philam learners deal to to help facilitate that so i think you're you're doing a great job <laughs> Thank you. I I wanted to add one more thing. I had a friend, she was a single parent of four kids and she, she would tell me like, she's, she's like in her like late seventies now and she's still like vibrant and running a business and being really cool and stuff. But she was telling me that she raised her kids to speak up for themselves and to speak their mind because even if they would rebel against her, at least, at least she knew that her kids could stand their ground and they could defend themselves and speak up. And she, she chose that over them being submissive or just overly obedient. And ultimately, like what you said, Michelle, hiding things. I think Mm -hmm. just like, yeah, like that's, that was a lot of my life was hiding things from my family because every time I would try to be curious and ask 
ask questions and share my thoughts, they were either ignored or they were shunned or they were condemned. Or one of my cousins, one of my first cousins who will never listen to the show, um, <laughs> he would he would deliberately yell at me, telling me to shut up. And, oh and it would make me cry every single time. And I don't think I've spoken to him in like, I don't know, like probably 15 plus years. Uh, it's It's been a long time. And it, it's still, I, I still don't find it in myself to come back to those relatives and speak my mind because no one, you know, no one's gonna stand up for that. That was another thing too. When, when I felt like I was in a very unsafe place, I felt I was, I didn't feel protected. I didn't feel safe. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. it's an awful position to be in to, to the people you need to turn to and think they're going to defend you. And then they, they say they remain silent. Like it's, yeah. it's very traumatizing and it really, it, it, you carry that throughout your life. And you wonder if you're like, I, I remember telling, I remember telling one of my friends who's, you know, she's Caucasian and she's, I think in general, like most Americans are very, like they speak their mind, you know, they speak their mind, even if they're not like, especially if they're not feeling well or they're, they're unhappy about something. And I remember telling her, I was like, I, I don't think I'm really good at identifying if something wrong is happening to me. So I would, I would tell people, I'm like, this is my situation. It, am I in the wrong here? Is, 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 is this bad? Like, should I be in the situation? And many times people would say, Jen, that is so bad for you. Like you, you need to get out of that toxic relationship, but it only took me to like really tell people about it and, and ask them, you know, to tell me if I'm tolerating something for me to realize that I was in a very unhealthy situation. And I think that's, that's kind of the, the unfortunate consequence of not being able to uh, speak up for ourselves and and to remain quiet because these issues happen and we're taught to internalize it and then you wonder like you wonder why there's so much why we we grew like we we grew up so messed up <laughs> you know later <laughs> and so I just think it's it's awesome that what you're doing Michelle is you're trying to set those boundaries and set those rules but also like give your kids a space you know find that balance for them to speak up because it's so it's so, so, so important. And they're going to be so grateful that you created that space for them later in life. Because even today, like I can say anything to my mom um, and I can be very transparent with her, but it's also because I feel like she doesn't care what I have to say. Like, I feel like she doesn't give me an opinion. You know, she's just there. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love my mom. Um, I think my mom, she used to watch my Facebook live shows. So if she's listening to these shows, I love you, mom. But you know, it's like, it's like, you really feel like there's something that's missing. Um, and so I'm just, just really, really awesome. Like what you're, what you're doing as a mother for your kids. Thank you. I'm trying. I mean, I, that was just a mental note I made to myself when I was younger, just because I didn't want them to go through that, you know, where several years you're just keeping things in and I see what it does to other people's relationships too, even just not my own. But when I see relatives stay upset at each other and because they're not voicing their opinion, but they hold on to it for so long, and you just think, wow, life is just so short to hold on to those really big feelings and just to keep that toxic emotion inside when you could have had a conversation or more, just depending on how deep the emotions are running, to have some closure, to talk it over with someone and then be able to move forward, whether 
you know, you're going to have a happy relationship or you just will choose to part ways, but at least you have that resolution. You know, you're not carrying it with you for so long. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people say, well, you turn out fine, Michelle. It's all good. And, you know, so I said, Mm -hmm. yeah, fine in different aspects of my life. Yes. But there's still just areas like, yeah, like emotions and being able to express how I feel is just, that's an area where I think, you know, I want to work on that. Yeah. And I want to make sure that my or my kids don't have to work on that part. Right. Too. Absolutely. Yeah. Just tell them, try to communicate. I said, you don't have to even talk right away. It's okay to go off, calm down, collect your thoughts. But as, as long as you come back to each other and are able to express, or even not to each other, but to us. And same thing with me yesterday. I forgot what Actually, I'm embarrassed to say why. <laughs> it's like those things where I just had mom rage, just a t- typical mom rage moment. And then I think to myself, oh my gosh, I got so upset. I think I just, you know, when things just pile up, you know, just one little thing after the other and just one thing just set me off. So just, ah, it all just came out, right? Mm-hmm. And I felt so bad. <laughs> but whenever that happens, whether I have a mommy tantrum or if the kids have a tantrum, you know, we always try to reel them back in, like, hey, let's talk about what just happened there. Yeah. I said, wow, our emotional backpack just got really full. I heard that term, emotional backpack. It's from Dr. Laura Markham. But she says, you know, we carry on backpacks. And so if it gets mm-hmm. really full and stuffed. It just, you know, think of this like a little explosion or it just gets so full that just everything spills out of it. All of your emotions just spill out. So that's just what happened. So I said, uh, we are humans. We have emotions. We can't control that. We are not going to be happy 100% of the time. And so I said, it's normal. I said, I apologize for that outbreak that I just had there. But I said, I just want to let them know what I was feeling. And then, you know, we worked out from there. I, I tell them I have certain buttons and triggers that of what they do that push my buttons and they know. And I said, okay, so if you do this, then that's going to set mommy off. Or if I do this and this upsets you, I want you to be able to tell me mm-hmm. so that we can not do that. And if we do, you know, we need to try to work on it or apologize for it. But yeah, because we don't want to have these reoccurring issues if we're just going to keep holding it in and not expressing how we're feeling. Yeah, so I think so far it's worked. I mean, they tell, well, so far, I mean, they're still pretty young, but they tell me everything, you know. <laughs> I don't think they hide anything. They just tell me everything about their day, little details, which is great. You know, I, I want it to keep that way. I hope it stays that way in the teen years because I know the teen yeah. years is, is very different. But I I want to set this foundation now so that when they do reach their teen years, you know, adult years, that they can continue feeling like they can tell me everything. You know, I heard before, I I heard this through like my, I used to do like intensive coaching like two years ago and they, I remember they said something like your kids act out in their teenage years because of how you raised them when they were younger. And so I think like the foundation, not that I'm a parent or a psychologist or anything in any way, but I think what you're doing is going to set them up for success where they would want to talk to you. I mean, it sounds like you're really trying to create that for them. I think about why I was so closed off to my mom is because my mom was so closed off to me, you know? Mm -hmm. So as I got older, I just became more closed off. And I was just thinking, I think the way like how on the surface we 
you know, we look presentable, we look like we have everything together. I kind of like to, I feel like it's, it's a lot like a volcano, right? So a volcano is very beautiful and majestic mm-hmm. to look at. And it's, it's, it's like slumbering, but like a lot of us, like later on in our adult life, we end up uh, exploding, erupting. And, and, mm-hmm. and that's our emotions because we've kept it in for so long. And then just like earlier, when, you know, you started uh, opening, really opening up, that's a result of all that pent up stuff that led mm-hmm. you to this point. And so if we can just have, if we can just have like more eruptions, if that makes sense, we'll have like less of them and it'll, it, they won't be as huge because we, I just think that's like what it takes. And especially if you had to like keep things in for so long at a young age, I think right. you know, you moving, to release it at some point. Exactly. And then to just normalize releasing it pretty often mm-hmm. you know, and, and daily and consistently because yeah. we're always going to have stuff and we're, we always need to speak our minds. And I think that we're at a place now, at least I think all three of us, where we could communicate, you know, how we feel and not just let that be pent up or at least know the tools to start opening up and, and sharing these kinds of things. So, yeah, I mean, I think that that's huge what you just said about normalizing the, the release of that, because we all feel that for whatever reasons. And it's just, I think we live in a world where we think that people expect us to be so put together all the time and to have it figured out. And really, we're all just in it together, figuring it out together. And a lot of us don't have the answers. And we shouldn't be ashamed to to show that or to tell people that. And essentially reach out for help. Because it really is all about normalizing that release. And what I wanted to say, Michelle, to you was that I think the most important thing for your kids right now is for them to be able to watch you work through that. You know, when you talk about either they have a tantrum or you have a tantrum, that kind of sends the message to them that we're the same, that mm-hmm. that mutual respect that you want with your kids. I think that's what that creates when you show them that you're you're human and sometimes you do lose it and there are things that trigger you and set you off and that's just a part of being a human, you know, and that they're not wrong if they feel that way too, but that there's a way to communicate it and release it and for them to watch you work through it yourself, even in your own instances with them. I think that's the perfect way to teach them what to do with themselves when they feel those things. Yeah, and I also want them to know it's not disrespectful to say I'm angry, you know, or yeah, I want them to be honest about that. It's okay if you feel mad, tell me why, you know, and then to go from it. But by all means, this not means I'm a perfect parent and <laughs> we don't have perfect relationships, but I think we're working through it. And it's funny because I would, when you say the word normalize too, I think I like that phrase because in the beginning when I would have my mommy tantrums, I would feel so guilty. Oh my gosh, why did I mm-hmm. yell at them for this? Or, you know, why did I use those words? I would, so afterwards I would read a blog, a parenting blog or a book and say, okay, well, I'm going to do this from now on. And I would, I'd write it down. So that next time, you know, I can do that and it will be much better. So, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But yeah, in the beginning, I would, I would be so mad at myself for, for doing that. But then I had to, tell myself I'm 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 human so I mean I can only do so much and I have feelings too I can't be the perfect person for them but I can show them how I'm working through that too so and they see that 
and yeah, they they know. <laughs> they can tell me <laughs> my face. It's okay. Mama needs to practice some thoughts there, and we've tried different techniques too. Uh, we'll write, we'll make posters on the wall. You know, if we get mad, this is what we think or see. Or we even our recent thing is to channel your inner Olaf. You know, Olaf from Frozen. Yes. So you think of this happy, bubbly guy. You know, channel Olaf so that the big snow monster doesn't overtake your emotions, kind of thing like that. Or let oh. Olaf kind of tame the monster. You know, I mean, you you don't have to be happy-go-lucky, but Olaf needs to help come in and help tame before that monster over overtakes the whole um, the whole town. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. But yeah, the the other day though, yeah, when I lost it, I said, "Whoops! Looks like the monster came out. Sorry, he just came out too fast for all." <laughs> so we laugh about it afterwards, right? Uh, so I they said, it. "That's okay, Mama. Sometimes, sometimes you just you just feel so hard so fast." I said, "Yeah, exactly." So I mean, but at least it's out, and at least we're able to um, talk about it afterwards, and and I was able to point out why I got mad, and then yeah, it worked out. So it's all good. Well, Michelle, I, I think to me, it sounds like, cause you know, Nani and I, we don't, we don't have kids. We have fur babies, but we don't have kids. <laughs> I feel like being a parent is the most true test of your character. And so I just want to applaud you for how intentional you are with raising your kids. I, I think for the first generation Filipino Americans, it's, it was about survival for them and, mm-hmm. and helping fighting for their kids, but you are in a position where you want to do that and more, you know, you want mm-hmm. to, you want your kids to be able to open up to you and, and be transparent with you. And it's really cool how self-aware you are and, and how you want to create that type of environment for your kids. And so I just want to applaud you for that. And I think it sounds to me you're doing a great job because of how thoughtful you are and, and the way that you use metaphors for your kids when you do have your mommy tantrums, as you say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So Michelle, before we wrap up, do you have any closing thoughts for us and our listeners? I just want to say thank you for all that you do for the community. I mean, just having this outlet for people to listen to all your different talks and topics. I mean, I love podcasts. I listen to podcasts when I'm doing chores, you know, putting the dishes away. It's just something nice to hear conversation from others and, or if I'm trying to sleep, I should be sleeping, but it's just something I want to listen to. So thank you for, for that. And it's just, just because I work from home too, and I'm home a lot. So just being able to hear other people's voices and I mean, not to say that I'm, you know, we're, we're hermits or anything. I don't want to put that picture out there, <laughs> but just to see, you know, just to hear, you know, other Filipino American people and what they're going through and just to, to hear you guys bounce off ideas. And, you know, sometimes I'm nodding along and say, oh, yeah, that's so relatable. And I know when you had interviewed Elaine, right, from this Filipino American podcast, right? Or no, no, this Filipino American life. Yes, yes. that's it. T-Fall, right? <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh, that was really relatable. And it's, so it was just really powerful hearing that. You guys are talking about with anxiety too. And I said, oh my gosh, this is really helpful and reassuring to know that, you know, we're not alone and, and how you're feeling. And so, I mean, and I didn't have to go out there to find people with, to have a conversation just because, yeah, as an introvert, I feel, I feel more comfortable in that situation where I would hear your talk and mm-hmm. then I could respond to it through a message or through email instead of me participating in an open forum conversation with a bunch of people and I would not be able to say it because I would feel uncomfortable. I wouldn't be able to 
communicate that back, but just hearing conversations, it's just really enriching just hearing other people's stories and what people are doing out there in the community community. It's really inspiring too. So I really appreciate that you're doing this for our culture and our generation and future generations, however long this podcast will be <laughs> live and out there. I always like to say that for as long as I'm Filipino, this project will exist. So, <laughs> and who knows, maybe, maybe it'll take on a different form in the future, just like how it used to be Facebook live. Now we're doing podcasts, but I will always be curious about our heritage and our history and what that means for us today and moving forward. And it's just nice to do this with other women, um, doing it with Nani and just learning and growing together and realizing that we have a lot more in common than we think, but we're also very, we're also all individually unique. And therefore we can all just hopefully individually be proud of who we are and and respect each other uh, a lot better and, and understand each other a lot better. And even if someone rubs you off the wrong way, you know, to understand that it, they didn't mean to do that to you, but it could have just been a cultural difference, mm-hmm. you know, cultural, like it's just a different way, a different approach that we're not familiar with. So, so thank you for, for saying that. And, you know, this, this is, I always say this show benefits me too. It's as, as a, as a fellow introvert, it's my way of socializing. <laughs> and <laughs> when I edit the episodes, it's very therapeutic for me. It's like, I get to relive the conversations so much that I haven't even had a chance to really listen to other people's podcast shows because like most of my time is invested in doing the show and editing it and producing it. Like, yeah, but it's very, very fulfilling for me. And I'm glad that it's benefiting so many people and we're starting to see people reaching out. So, and wanting to be on the show as well. Nani, you have any closing thoughts? Thank you, Michelle, for sharing. And Yeah, I thought that was a really good conversation. Yes, I agree. And for anyone that wants to reach out to you, Michelle, and learn more about Philam Learners, how can they do that? So I have my blog, philamlearners.com. And I'm also on Facebook and Instagram at philamlearners. And then if you're curious about the virtual assistant business or you need a virtual assistant for your business, my website is keendrivenheart.com and it's at keendrivenheart um, on Facebook and Instagram as well. Very cool. And if you did not catch that listeners, that will be in the show notes. So Nani, Michelle, I want to thank you both so much for your time and being present with us today on this call. And for our listeners that are listening, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this is one other, I hope this is another episode that has inspired you or motivated you to reach out to us to possibly share your story and your life lesson for other people to hear and for generations to come. With that said, I hope that uh, we look forward to speaking with you all next time. Uh, Nani, Michelle, thank you again. And we'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye.